Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw, and I'm so happy to share with you the word that we received for this third week of Advent. We are invited, encouraged, if not even commanded to rejoice because we are encountering the one who is coming to visit us, to change us, to make us aware that God loves us immensely. Let us open our hearts and our minds to receive the Word of God. Let's center ourselves and be ready to pray. Let us pray. O God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's Nativity, enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind. Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen. I said to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. As a church, we take another step as we begin the third week, the, with the third Sunday, we begin the third week of Advent, and we light the third candle, and therefore we are able to see even more clearly because there is more light. And of course, this is the special candle, isn't it, on our Advent wreath, is the pink candle. And that's why we are wearing the pink vestments as well, although technically speaking, I understand it's not pink, but rose. What is the difference? I have no idea, 
but it's still pretty and here it is. But isn't that nice? Okay. So we have invited, because of this, it's a visible reminder that no matter what we are going through, no matter what journey, what type of journey we are going, we are taking as Christians, we are always people of good news. And when we receive good news, we, at least most of us, what do we do? How do we react when we hear good news? We rejoice. And that's why this Sunday is dedicated. It's called Gaudete Sunday, which is Latin for rejoice and joy. Why? Because we now know that the one that our souls long for wants to encounter, the one who can make us whole, can give meaning to our life, has come, is coming, and he will come again. And before this incredible news that God is getting so close to us, that he is intimately connected with us, what do we do? We rejoice. And we're going to rejoice from now until Jesus comes back. Now, I'm not kidding. It, it is, that's what we are supposed to be doing. You remember, there is a command, there are commands in the scripture that says, rejoice, exclamation point. Again, I say, rejoice. Why? We are people of good news, and, we, and that's one of the gifts that we received, this state of being that allows us to constantly rejoice. So, why don't you show me your rejoicing face? Like, there you go. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, okay. Good, good, good. Let's keep practicing because that's what we're going to do in heaven. All right? All right. But what a great witness also to give to people as things are getting crazier because of the preparation of Christmas that we are still grounded and able to rejoice in spite of whatever happens. One of the difficulties that we have in understanding this Sunday and the whole topic of rejoicing and joy is the fact that we confuse it with happiness. For a long time, I have to tell you, I also fell into the trap of that mind frame that always made me say, well, of course I can do this because this thing makes me happy. And doesn't God want me to be happy? Have you ever heard people saying that? Perhaps you said that too yourself? Okay? This sometimes is confused because we are trying to say to ourselves, I'm going to give myself permission to do something that I know I'm not supposed to be doing in the first place. But because I work it out, right, this is something that makes me happy and God wants me to be happy, then bam, I'm going to do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, but is that what we are celebrating? No. Why? Happiness is an emotion. Happiness is connected to something that is external. As such, we feel happy today, and maybe tomorrow we don't feel as happy anymore. Right? We go up and down. Sometimes even about ourselves, with ourselves. You know, I look at myself in the mirror, there are some days I go, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> but most of the time, and I wake up in the morning, I go and see myself in the mirror, I go, whoa, what happened? I used to have a lot more hair than this. But anyway, so emotions go up and down, and they are based on the outside, something that is given to us, a great gift. All right, you get a new tablet, new phone, you, you stop playing, and say, I will never give up this because this is so awesome. And then after two days, like, oh, it's exactly as the other one, you know. 
Anyway, so that's not exactly what we're doing. And the command that Scripture tells us, what God wants us to have, is not necessarily happiness. There is nothing wrong with being happy, as a matter of fact. You know, the pursuit of happiness is indeed in our DNA. We go and constantly move from one thing to another. But never find our identity as Christians in that. Why? We find our identity in rejoicing. Re joy is not an emotion, it's a state of being. Something that is able to remain in us in spite of what goes on out there in life. Okay? So if you're having a good time, we rejoice. What happens if we're not having a good time? We still rejoice. We may not be happy, but the state of being, like peace, stays there. And that's what we're going to focus on. That's what we must reclaim. Amen? Amen. Okay. So now, why is it that sometimes we don't get there? And what is, uh, for example, the gospel passage that uh, we just heard have anything to do with joy? As a matter of fact, it looks like it's incredibly dark. Well, John the Baptist shows up again this week to guide us again to get closer to the truth and to the kingdom. So let's find out what's happening. John the Baptist is the guy, if you remember, is the guy who leapt for joy when he was still in the womb of Elizabeth, when Mary visited them. John is the one who, on the Jordan River, we heard it last Sunday, was proclaiming about the coming of the Messiah. And he said he will come with Holy Spirit and fire, which means able to give new life and fire, destroying judgment. He said he will come, and he will come with an axe, and the axe will be at the root of the tree, because every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down. And because of that, he was in the desert wearing camel's hair, a leather belt, and he was eating locusts and wild honey. Now we see John in prison. Oh, before that, there was the episode also when Matthew, uh, John actually baptized Jesus. He encountered, he saw him, he recognized him, he even said to Jesus, I am not worthy to baptize you, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus says, do what you need to do. And John baptized Jesus. Now John is in prison, and he's wondering what is going on. And he sends some of his disciples, whom when John the Baptist told his own people to go and follow Jesus because he was the Lamb of God, some of them remained with John. They didn't follow Jesus. So now he's in prison and he's sending his disciple to Jesus and says, and they are asking on behalf of John, are you the one or should we await for another one? What is going on? John is having a crisis. John is having a crisis of faith. He is doubting who Jesus is. Very common. So if you ever struggled with the faith, if you ever wonder what is going on, if you ever wonder, ask yourself, am I really still believing in this? You are in very good company. 
starting from John the Baptist all the way to the last to, to me. All right, we all go through that, and crises are our friends. Because Christ, the word crisis means to decide. It comes from the Greek, it means to decide about something when you're on a crossroad and you have to make a decision because you cannot stall it anymore. You either go or you don't go. John the Baptist had this major crisis of faith. Why? Because from John's point of view, Jesus was a major disappointment. Jesus failed John. Jesus was not at all what John imagined the Messiah to be. And we too find ourselves in this situation when we think, well, the church should be this way and not that way. The, the, you know, the priest should be this way and not this way. We say the same about lay people. Together we say the same about bishops and things. We are all disappointing one another and other people are disappointing us. Have you ever been disappointed? And that's why we get into crisis sometimes, because we are saying other peoples do not fulfill my expectations. Are you with me? We are disappointed, we get into crisis, we get into trouble, because that guy is not what I want him to be. By the same coin, it means that somebody else is saying, you are not what they're expecting them to be. Are you with me? So now what are we going to do? Are we continue to fight? There are certain people who are constantly fighting. They are constantly picking up battles. And they have never asked why. And the answer is always the same. You are disappointing me, and I don't like it. John was disappointed. Why? John thought that the Messiah should come and be judgmental. He should be fixing things. He should be kicking people out who are not as good as John was. And then at the end, just a little club would remain. And that would make John the Baptist very happy. And instead, what happened to Jesus? What did he do? Bummer. He was going all around talking to sinners, multiplying bread, feeding everybody like God loves everybody. Like, Really? That's a major disappointment. Isn't that what it's also bizarrely and scandalously, I don't know if that is a word, but it's happening in the church as well. A lot of super Catholics are feeling that the Pope is a major disappointment and they don't like it. Why? Because he's doing all these strange things, telling us that we have to build bridges, to reach out to people who are in the peripheries, on the outskirts, to invite people who are far from God to make them get closer to the fire. He's telling us to be more shepherds that melt like sheep. How does he think he is? The Pope? Oh, yeah, wait. But, you know, sometimes, again, we carry all these things, and at the root, there is pride. I want you to be, as I say, and I'm not willing, I'm not even prepared to accept you for who you are. Thank goodness Jesus was not at all what John expected him to be. I'm so glad that Jesus opened the way to so many sinners so that I can find my way in. And I hope that you also 
rejoice that Jesus showed to all of us a completely new way of embracing God who is encountering us. So what is Je then Jesus replying to help John to go through this crisis, which should be what we are supposed to do as well, to help each other to go through any crisis we might be going through? He says, focus not on all your opinion, but focus on the facts. He's saying, go and tell John what you hear and see. The deaf hear, the lame walk, the, the dead are raising, the poor are pro being proclaimed. They are receiving the good news. Focus on what's happening. So, and then he says something amazing. Blessed is the one who is not ashamed of me. And this is the choice we want to make today. As we prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus, to accept Jesus for who he is and not for we want him to be. Why? Only by accepting him for who he is, we can experience salvation. We can experience grace. We can experience mercy. Only in this way. Because only in this way, we will be led to the cross. So the story of Christmas carries on all the way to the story of Easter. You have to come back. The story gets better. So there is a lot in, those, in between those two holidays. So do you understand? We have to help each other to remain focused on Christ and focus on what Christ is doing, not what somebody else's opinion is about Jesus, or maybe ours as well. This is the choice we must make, to say, I'm willing to choose Christ and the body of Christ, the church, as it is today, and rejoice. Because in spite of the crisis, we are going through it. We are not letting the crisis bounce us back. And we are experiencing renewal. We can experience healing. But only if we help each other to keep our eyes on Jesus. Happiness makes it all about us. Joy makes it all about what God is doing. What are we picking this season? What at the manger, what are we willing to receive? Just happiness? or true joy that nobody can steal away. As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that He's revealing Himself to us as God with us, even in spite and through the crisis we might be experiencing. And we bring to the altar our willingness to say, Lord, I'm willing to choose you and not be ashamed of the body of Christ as it is today. Why? Because this is the only body of Christ that we can have. And only in this way, by committing ourselves to help each other to become better, we can experience God's grace in better ways and witness to all people that the story of Christmas is not a fairy tale, it's not a myth, it's a reality that truly changes our lives because we now know that by saying yes, by welcoming Christ in our lives, we experience Him as God with us, Emmanuel. I hope you feel encouraged by the Word of God to make a decision to encounter God in your own crisis in whatever it is that you find challenging. And I hope that we can pray for each other, that we encourage each other never be ashamed or challenged by Christ himself, by the body of Christ as we experience it today. I wish you well and I hope that uh, 
you will continue to rejoice the entire week and be a witness of what it really means to encounter God in every moment of our lives. And I'll talk to you next Sunday. God bless.